There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi Esports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi stores. My name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode one five six of the No Encore Music Podcast. Craig with Patrick. What up, dude? How are you? Dahi Odroni. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. Very fucking tired. Very hungover. I think we're all very oh, tired. Hungover. Oh, hung the fuck it over. Oh, man. I, went I was the, feeling sympathetic. I went to the electric picnic launch. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, I had hobnob with the stars. Who's I had, there? I had more than one free beer this time. Uh, who was there? No one of note, really. I mean, it was like an industry thing. Was so. it like a who's who of the who's who? Yeah, kind of. There was lots of people there, but like it was packed and it was fun and I drank lots of beer and by approximately half eight I was goosed. Half eight. Dude, Ooh, I looked at my phone. Down, mate. <laughs> I looked at my phone at one stage and I was like, sure what time is it at all? And it was like five <laughs> past eight. Uh I had a nice like uh slap hand slap with mango. That, oh, very we, good. It was, did that thing where like, oh no no, we gotta get the cool sound going. I think I'm uh, playing with him next week, I think, for What like football? For Huawei. For Huawei. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you are. That's correct. One of your favorite. The best phones in the world. <laughs> oh, great phone. Regardless of what the US <laughs> oh, government sorry, says. I left my <laughs> Huawei phone on in the studio. Excuse me. One of your famous corporate gigs <laughs> <laughs> that, you, that you don't like playing. Um, at the launch, was there like the usual thing of Jerry Fish and juggling fire? There was some performers. There were some, <laughs> there were some <laughs> performers, <laughs> but... Uh, I mostly hung out on the concourse uh, with with my with my friends and chatted to various different people. But I've been to three of these kind of industry events in the last two weeks. Choice Prize being one of them, and 
I gotta like I feel like I I I, I gotta put the brakes on, you know. Yeah. There's only so much schmoozing I can do, guys. Yeah. I'm not you, cut you out ha- for. You it. have to have something to schmooze with. Like you have to be coming at it with a couple of weeks or months worth of like stuff. Yeah. I mean. Or like a bag of cocaine, and I don't <laughs> and I don't do cocaine. So. So having gone back to festivals, are you swearing off festival launches now? <laughs> that is the stance you're taking. <laughs> Correct. Never again. Okay. It rained right. at the festival launch. Sure. Never again. Well, I'm mean, like I said, they were there to celebrate. They were there to celebrate the lineup for Electric Picnic which is as follows. Go ahead. The Strokes, Florence and the Machine, 1975, Hozier, Billie Eilish, Dermot Kennedy, Christine and the Queens, James Blake, Fortet, Jess Glynn, The Streets, Jarvis Cocker, introducing Jarvis, Years and Years, Roisin Murphy, Metronomy, Michael Kuanuka, Echo and the Bunnymen, Courtney Barnet, Parquet Courts, Mitski, Miles Kane, Freya Ridings, Moe, Emily Lons, Maceo Plex, Kulsh, Sam Fender, Sons of Kemet, Eve Toomer, Serpent with Feet, Shura, Alma, Caro Caro Benito, Let's Eat Grandma, and Bodega. That's your first wave of announcements I you, predicted. You had me at Florence in the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Billy I predicted 5 out of 12 correctly on Twitter the other day. Gotcha, Not too bad, right? Not yeah, bad. No, bad 5 out of 11, really, because like my, my shout for Nile Rogers and, and Sheik was a bit of a joke. <laughs> but I wouldn't rule it out, lads. Uh, gig number 24, coming at you. Um, what do we think of the lineup? I think it's pretty good. There's, um, yeah. uh, there's not any huge real shocks here. The one, the one thing that I, w- I would be shocked at was Dua Lipa did so well last year and like was basically the biggest attended show, and you know wasn't one of the headliners. And I would have guessed that they would make one of the headliners a very, very poppy. Yeah, one. It's Billie Eilish being the obvious one. Here. Indie again, hasn't it? Right. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's very feels- indie. It feels very indie. Considering the kind of expansion of the festival in recent years and the kind yeah. of diversified crowd. Well, they're expanding it again because they're building a new area called Freetown, which is an 8,000 capacity electronica and dance section where I presume Dahi will be playing all weekend long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds... Like, I mean, Electropinic at this stage is uh, a... Um, a practice of like moving different types of crowds to different areas because yeah. it's so big now and there's like so many people going for different reasons like there'll be lads who'll be going just for the techno or there'll be lads who'll be going just for the bands or whatever and it's just all about putting one band on and keeping the dance people away from that group uh, so it that, that sounds like a good idea a good choice I would say is that segregation though Dahi <laughs> are we dealing with some questionable social mores here is the question <laughs> and don't forget the lads who just go for the buzz man, the buzz um, man. essentially and they're going to get some serious buzz when Hozier and Florence the Machine sing everyone to sleep uh, what else we got uh, 975 makes sense to me they have another album coming it's a yeah, big show a currently Lake touring uh, The Strokes is an interesting one because it's clearly a cash grab and you have to wonder what kind of mood I, I think it'll depend entirely on what mood they're in that day I'm hoping they do their own gig at some point because this is that's not, not really going wanna, to happen. No, nah, probably isn't. So you're well, gonna, they'll do are you, it. Are you going to go for this? It's not really the ideal setting, is it? Um, I saw them at Oxygen 2011 and they were shite. I saw them at Oxygen 2006 and they were great. <laughs> so maybe time is <laughs> slipping away from our dear friends, so the Strokes. It can um, be done. Uh, Mitski is a big pull. I, I, I correctly predicted Mitski's involvement. Mitski should be great. I'm happy to see her there. Oh, like I worry, like James Blake is another one where he's amazing. I don't really want to see him at a festival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he even, even supported uh, Kendrick Lamar last year and it wasn't amazing. I, I don't know where it would be the best place to see he James Blake. I have no idea. He needs some intimacy, I think. He needs mm-hmm. no. Picnic is what it is and of course sold out before an act was even announced. Uh, is there a questionable lack of diversity on this or can you point to Longitude and say there's your diversity? Like, Is that good enough? This is very... <laughs> There's your diversity. This is it's very white male heavy, isn't it? it? That's what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Much like this podcast, (laughs) as we know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the other thing to to remember as well is that like electropinic tends to like 
put fairly big names in the second run and the third run as well. So I don't think we've seen the the full. <laughs> I don't think gamble. we've seen the last of Noel Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> he will be back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, again, like apparently Melvin Ben was quoted as saying he was asked the question of like, what can people who you know didn't get tickets this year do to get tickets, Melvin? And he said, start queuing for next year. Oh. Said with all the confidence of a man. Who... Capitalism. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, on this episode of No Encore, we will be talking to Molly Sterling. We will be reviewing the new album from Foles, and Dahi will tell us how he's getting on moving house. But first. Ooh. Uh, I know he didn't realise he was going to Yeah, that's like an entire segment of the show and I've made no notes for that Yeah, but the notes have been the friends you made along the way Do I not have a Brexit isn't happening segment now? Because it's not happening Brexit's not happening Why don't you take it away? Uh, Yeah, it's not happening (laughs) You've been saying, you've been banging this drum for two years Yeah, the drum is still sounding pretty good to me (laughs) Still sounds tuned The Union Jack covered box drum (laughs) That Craig (laughs) carries it lot. Drag around Temple Bar (laughs) So, um, I said last week that there'd be a new popcorn this week that hasn't happened, but it has been recorded. I didn't say what it was, but now I will. So, landing next week, presumably after the bank holiday weekend, Dave Higgins and I sat down and did an epic podcast about Metallica, Some Kind of Monster. Very excited for this one. Wow. I tell you. It's re- great. It's in a the classic. bank. In the bank, guys. You're going to enjoy Higgs that. being a huge Metallica fan as well, just like encyclopedic knowledge, I would imagine. <laughs> as are you, probably not to the same extent. I mean, I he guess... He appears to have encyclopedic knowledge about everything. Yeah, That's very true. He's good, yeah. isn't he? He's yeah. pretty fucking good. A lot of people, feeding back on that first episode, the Bohemian Rhapsody episode, go listen if you haven't. A lot of people said to me, sign this man up. Mm. And I have. (laughs) Dave Higgins is my co-pilot for No Popcorn. Uh, But yeah, so essentially that's happening. Um, I guess I am a Metallica fan again because uh, I'm going to go and see them on the current tour. Not at Slane though, you ask. Uh, No, is the answer to that question. Uh, I'm, on Slane, though, I'm, I, I'm going to a European city to see Metallica later in the year. Are so you Slane really? isn't yeah. selling. So <laughs> I, I'm not suggesting that. No, no, that was Craig Fitzpatrick, who was an independent source. That was Brexit isn't happening. Craig Fitzpatrick over there. Uh, I, I didn't say. I said nothing to that end. Don't, don't get, don't get me booted off this trip. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please, sorry. I want to go to see Metallica. I'm sure Slane will sell out. It's a great event. Have, <laughs> Have you ever been to Slane? Somewhere. Have you ever been to Slane? First gig I ever went to, mate. I've uh, never been to Slane. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an experience. Is it? Is it good? Uh, I mean, like I, I I do it once, you know. Like, I loved it. Did you love it? Yeah. Who'd you go see? Nineteen ninety-five, REM, uh, Oasis as support. Ninety-five. Yeah, Liam Gallagher st- stormed off because people kept throwing stuff at him. It was great. Yeah. I saw you two in two thousand one. Nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, I was six. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. First gig. My first gig was Bon Jovi. Supported by Bellex One and Andreas Johnson. That's okay. It it's was, not REM. <laughs> I was a good night. Yeah, it was a hot summer night. Make the obvious gag. I've no, done it before. Let <laughs> <laughs> me do that every second week. <laughs> uh, well, you talk about Bon Jovi. You talk about bands that some people would have problems with. Uh, Mumford and Sons would be one such act. Um, essentially, they are in the news this week because they did a cover of a classic song, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Now, they did this on the day slash week of the... I can't believe you've done this. ...25th anniversary of the Downward Spiral, a fucking phenomenal record. I think we can all agree. And they played in Trent Reznor's hometown of Cleveland. They played in a... God, uh, where his family lives? <laughs> they, brought it to, they brought it to his door. So Mumford & Sons, right? They were playing in... I you love come th- to my house? <laughs> I love this, because, like, it's like they were playing in, like, like, like you know, like these terrible arena names that they have in America, like, because they're sponsored by people. Yeah. So they were playing in the Quicken Loans Arena. <laughs> right? What? <laughs> 
and they did a cover of Hurt. And uh, can we play a bit, or have you banned it from the podcast? Fuck it, play it. <laughs> I mean, like, ultimately, here's the thing. Um, it's, like, I feel that some songs just shouldn't be covered by a lot of people. Johnny Cash famously covered Hurt. And, and did a great job. W- made it his own. Yeah. Trent Reznor himself said, that's his song now, which I think is a bit of an, a bit generous. But it is amazing. Cash did they version, get it back when he passed away? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah okay. that's how that works. But, yeah, the uh, estate had to give it up. <laughs> yeah, the estate handed them an empty CD case and said... <laughs> Inside is Johnny Cash's soul, <laughs> open uh, at your own risk. So essentially, now that Trent Reznor has been possessed by the ghost of Johnny Cash, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder what he'd make of this. So, no, I mean, to be fair, like, Hurt is uh, an exceptional song. And it's it's the song that got me into Nine Inch Nails, because for a very long time, I was very dismissive of Nine Inch Nails, to the mm. point where I remember reading a book. And the book was like uh, the best cover songs ever or whatever. Like, you know, it was very uh, acerbic book. And it was one of those things where like, you know, like I took my opinion from this guy's write up about Hurt and they slammed the original and said Johnny Cash found the song. And I knew someone at the time who was big into Nine Nails and I was kind of slagging her off by going like, ah, no, here's here's the real truth for you. And for whatever reason, I just didn't really connect with Nine Nails. I didn't even really try. But one night uh, I was flicking through the television the old box in the gaff, and essentially, as they call televisions. As they call televisions back in 2007. <laughs> because it was 2007, because Reading and Leeds 2007 coverage was on the BBC. Now, I have found that, like. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I found, we're all gathered around. I was like, come on. The, entire, the whole punk thing was happening. The entire gathered around the, the box Bay and City the gaff. rollers were reunited. <laughs> the entire family were like, come on, let's watch it. Uh, <laughs> Zane Lowe's going to say something. So essentially... <laughs> and he um, did not. <laughs> I find that watching uh, a performance of a concert on your television screen, y- you never really feel it, you know? Mm. But I felt it when Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails played Hurt. It's legitimately an, an incredible performance, and I found it really moving. And I was sucked in. I was like, whoa, holy fuck, I've really been sleeping on this. And then I like checked out Nine Inch Nails properly off the back of that, and lo and behold, I found something incredible. And as anyone who listens to the show regularly will know, I'm obsessed with Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> But Hurt, right? I mean, like, it's such an emotional song. There's so much emotion in it, and there's no emotion in the Mumford & Sons cover. Now, granted, some people have said, well, they're clearly covering the Cash cover, but that, I mean, like, that's irrelevant to me because it's still the song. And they and they did it to quote-unquote pay tribute. Like, why else would you do it on that day in that town? But to me, the big thing about Hurt is, the more I listen to it, um, those final lines in the song uh, when Trent Reznor says, uh, if I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself, I would find a way. Those words resonate with me more than a lot of lyrics do because that is so. It's it, there's so much in it, mm. and I found myself. I found myself on the bus this morning going to work, and I was like looking up YouTube versions of it. And YouTube comments are obviously the worst thing ever, but like the comments beneath uh, a live version of "Hurt" by Nine Inch Nails, there was some guy saying exactly what I just said now, and he said like these words would mean everything to me because I've come so close to ending my own life and I, I, I haven't done that and I've found, I've figured it out at the last second and it's because of, 
lyrics like this and it's because of a song like this and I found myself I actually I fucking started tearing up on the bus because I was just like Jesus Christ yeah I feel exactly the same way this means an awful lot to me you might expect me now to pivot and say well this song like this cover really pissed me off it didn't at all I just found it really anemic and I that's that was the key takeaway for me was that there's no emotion in it there's just yeah, no emotion in yeah, it yeah yeah and even just the decision to even do it didn't have it felt like it didn't they didn't put a lot of thought into yeah, actually doing it yeah it seems like it. the obvious choice of like what'll be the kind of pleaser for yeah, yeah, this yeah. but didn't actually thing. think of the weight of the song yeah. that it would have for uh, so many people I think I mean, Although, I mean I think people it, I, I does think, chime with I really fucked it up this song <laughs> didn't I my dear <laughs> from the cl- equally classic <laughs> Little Iron Man <laughs> I, I was gonna say Craig um, after, I, like, I, like, I, I couldn't hold the tears back because I then stuck on Little Iron Man oh my god um, don't do it <laughs> and then the bus driver was like are you alright <laughs> You pulled the bus over. And I said, no. Not, not in service. Like, but here's the thing, Mumford Sons are an easy target, so like, I'm not going to punch down too hard on them. They are what they are. Ultimately, I have a lot of I have a lot of time for Marcus Mumford because he contributed to the Inside Lou and Davis soundtrack with some great work, so I can't hate on the guy. Um, I was supposed to interview them recently, though, but they only offered me the bass player, so I said no. They you, only ever offer the bass player. I mean, like, then talk about his... Terrible nightclub. No, dis- <laughs> no disrespect, but like you know, come on. But I, but I, I just feel like I took the piss out of this on Twitter, as a lot of people did. But at the same time, I'm not offended by it. It is what it is. I think Mumford Sons fans would have enjoyed it. It might get new fans to check out fucking hurt, and that's a great thing. That would be the best thing that would come out. Of but it. I just found it really odd because, like I say, I thought it exposed them as being kind of soulless. Mm. So there you go. That was my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched three films in a row on Saturday, which I talked about on No Popcorn, but I watched uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Great, 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 great film. It's excellent. Okay, I'll check it out. I watched Serenity, that one with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway with the shocking twist. Bad movie. And I rewatched, I rewatched, it's terrible, yeah. I rewatched Miami Vice 2006. There you go. I'd say that's probably not as bad as you remember kind of thing, right? Because uh, I, I remember the first time around was just boring as fuck. It um, it's gorgeous. But. I'm conflicted by it, but it ends with Otter Rock by Mogwai, yeah. which is an astonishing song. So it's great. Uh, also great was Dahi and I having fun at the Choice Prize last oh, week. Yeah. What'd you think of it? Uh, it was really, really good. Again, as you said, it's very much an industry event. There was yeah. It was really, really good to see people generally with a lot of those acts and a lot of the people who are working behind the scenes I get to see them at festivals because that's where everybody is at one time uh, but the Choice Prize is always really really good for that stuff uh, as we said in this package end last week and the drop in um, there was shock in the room it was a pretty shocking thing mm. I think after a week it's kind of settled down a bit more and I can kind of see why it would be picked um, and I've gave the album another couple of listens as well I think it's I think it's a really really good album it is a good album yeah, yeah it is. there's some very very interesting points brought up in the following piece where we interview people almost immediately afterwards where people make the point that one of the things about the Choice Music Prize is that it's just literally about the music and nothing else. We got our Vox Pop on, correct? We got our Vox Pop on. Yeah. We did a proper Vox Who pop. did we talk to, Dahi? We talked to Nine or Nine. We talked to The Point of Everything, Owen. Um, and we talked to Zara Hederman, who was one of the judges. And we talked to the chairman... Tony Clayton Lee. Tony Clayton That's Lee. right, yeah. So, uh, Dahi has done some editing magic, and it's <laughs> it's going to be as if you're there with us. <laughs> He's done some editing magic, right? That's that's how they I say rammed it. Rammed them together with a bit of songs, like, that's, nice. that's about it. Yeah, and thus, Lee will now play that 15-minute package <laughs> for there. you right now. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty. I'm here at the Choice Prize. It smells like talcum powder in the room, and I'm here with 
rival podcast host, Nyler9. Hello, how's it going? It really does smell like talking powder. <laughs> it really fucking does. Okay, so listen, we've been talking inside. Everyone's talking about it. It's happened. Uh, o Emperor crowned Choice Music Prize champions. You've done this thing before. You've been here many, many nights. What is your general takeaway from this year? I was slightly disappointed when it was actually announced. Although I like the album, I think the choice has a problem with often picking albums that doesn't represent the overall year or where music is going sometimes. Um, and in this year, I think I was really hoping for Kojak and Saint Sister, one of those, or Villagers, to win. I think that would have been a fair assessment of a representation of where Irish music is at. Does the Choice Prize need a revamp? Uh, yeah, maybe the process does, possibly. Um, I was vocal about this last year, and I have no problem saying that. I was really delighted with Ships winning last year. But if you're looking at that as an industry prize, it's not an industry prize. It's an album prize. It's an album for your creative work. And a lot of people like to project what that is onto that work, whether it should be a career or an album, or like it's a starting point for something else. In that room, it's about the album and nothing else. So it's unfair for a lot of the acts who do end up winning it to be held up as this like, oh, the totem is you've won it, so you must go on and do other things. That's not the way it is. And I think a lot of people need to realize that. I've said it to you already. I'll say it again and again. I need to stress, this really is not a shot at the band at all. But I do believe that this night will be looked back on by those who pay attention, which isn't everybody. But I think people will look back on this and they'll say, wrong guy won. So, like, how do you feel about like this, the legacy of this win? Um, I don't know. It's too, it's too soon for me to say. If I'm it's literally like an hour later. Yeah. Um, they were clearly shocked by the win. They are a band that aren't going to exist in the near future for any choice critics that's not going to help their cause so the narrative of the choice prize being a prize that's given to people who don't have anything to contribute to the music industry number one to the radio number two to music in general is probably persisted because there are not the kind of artists that are interested in that kind of career like award that's the problem with awarding an album of the year O Emperor, in this case, are a band who could not make enough money to exist long term and made something that they actually were like, do you know what, fuck it, let's just make it. They were on a major label for it, made two uninspired records, I would say. This time they're making an album that they truly believe. So that has been recognised. So the power of creativity, if you want to put it that way, has been recognised. Cried about you this morning on my break from the office, Susan made me a coffee. She was embarrassed and awkward. Couldn't steady my breathing. I keep my heart in my pocket. Spill my goods to the bookie. I meant to reach for my wallet. Owen, oh, the point of everything, you're a cork man. Cork has won today more than anybody else. What do you think of the verdict? Well, I don't know if Cork can claim them because they're a Waterford band based in Cork. I think that they did make the album in Cork. It was in their big skin studios that right, were, yeah, that's, 
uh, up on York Street. I don't know if anybody has been up there, but Altered Hours have recorded and like uh, honed their sound in there as well. And Oemper are a band who I think are kind of responsible for kind of a wave of Cork bands as well. The likes of Elastic Sleep and Altered Hours, you kind of came through and like learned from kind of what O-Emperor have been in. I mean, I saw people like criticizing the fact that, oh, everybody talks about O-Emperor being dropped by their label 10 years ago. Like, it's important to talk about like w- what actually happens in the music industry. O-Emperor had this sound. It, w- it was very Mumford, Mumford and Sonsy sound. Got signed by Universal, got a year out of that. And they t- like, I interviewed them for my podcast and they kind of talked a little bit about that as well, about that experience. And uh, it was it was eye opening to me it, during the interview about this is what's actually involved in a major label, yeah. and uh, I mean for other bands to hear that as well, I guess it must be quite interesting just to talk to the lads, just to see what is actually involved. They go away from that and they make they they find their own sound, and I think that this album, Jason, is like the it's the sound of a band like happy in their own skin happy creating the music that they wanted to create and I'm delighted that they won I was totally shocked that they won just because I presumed like everybody else that it was a shootout between like uh, Saint Sister Kojak and Villagers Um, I'm delighted that they won but I was like shocked by it I mean, do you think it might change their minds in terms of going back and becoming a band again? Do you think that will change their kind of decision? Ooh, I, th- I, I think that they're kind of set in their ways. I think that this is kind of a nice, like, look at this, lads. Look at what we were able to achieve. And I think that that's the best thing. Like, I was talking about it straight afterwards. I was talking with someone who's in another band who didn't get nominated for the Choice Prize. And I was saying, saying that, like, this is like, you know, don't follow waves. Don't follow, you know, the trendy stuff that's happening right now. Like, follow, make the music that you want to make. Wemper made the music that they want to make. It's, like, I said it. I, I, I think that it sounds like nothing else on the shortlist. Um, and maybe, maybe that helped them. It was like, wow, I haven't heard an album like this before. It's really jazzy. It's really Afrobeaty. It's really weird as well. And it's amazing that you can actually be rewarded for being weird and not following the trends. Uh, I think that that's something to be applauded. Do I think we'll see them again? I predicted that the Choice Prize was going to be Oemper's last ever gig. So I'm saying this is it. They're out now. We, we were talking with uh, one of the members after they performed, before they were announced for the cho- as, as the winners of the Choice Prize. And they were talking about, you know, maybe we'll just take a holiday in Alicante. You know, maybe they're... Uh, I, just give them a camera. Just buy a camera. Let them make a documentary of O Emperor Goes to Alicante. I'd watch that and it would probably win like video of the year next year at whatever prize ceremony you want. With Choice Prize Chairman Tony Clayton Lee, O Emperor have just been crowned the winners. A uh, bit of a shock, I thought. Uh, for some people, yeah. I think uh, possibly the, the most uh, shock effect was for the band themselves. Uh, although whether you can call O Emperor a band right now is debatable because they, have, they, they announced that they were breaking up many months ago, pretty much on the, on the, on the cusp of the release of the album that, that kind of won. So... I don't know. I mean, I think the result is the result. If that sounds too plain speaking a thing to say, some people are happy and some people are not. But then such is life. 
How do you feel about them effectively saying, like, we need the money, and the fact that they've been breaking up, this is their farewell album, but now it takes on a bit of a new relevance in as much as, can this be looked at as kind of a grim thing in that, like, they needed money, now they have money, but they're broken up, and it's a weird kind of, like, thing. Like, like what can they do from here? Should they be finished? I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm asking a very rambling thing here, but I, I think there's, there's, a very, there's a very bittersweet thing to this. I, I suppose it is bittersweet, and you're right, Dave, you are rambling. Uh, but more to the point... They have, they won. I personally don't care what they do with the money uh, because that's not, that, that's not my remit. That's not my brief. That's not the brief of anybody who is involved in the Choice Music Prize, be it from the organisers to the judges or the chair of the judging panel. You know, what they do with the money is up to themselves. Remember that when Tudor Cinema Club won, they gave their 10,000 grand cheque to charity. Uh, so people do with the money what they want to do with it personally what I would love to see happen now if, is, is that at very least O Emperor would make more music I think it would be a shame if Jason was the end of pretty much everything that the band as a collective did but I think maybe that kind of like getting back together again thing is more wish... It, it, it could be more wish fulfilment than actual reality. But I would like to see it happen. Yeah, and there is something to be said for living fast, dying young, living a good-looking corpse. Uh, I was in the room last year with you. I enjoyed my experience. How did you find the room this year? Uh, I thought the room was quite exceptional this year for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, you weren't there. Uh, <laughs> Give me a break, man. <laughs> Number two, um, the I think the level of engagement with, with the albums this year in the room was particularly high. You know, I think the people who spoke really highly about O Emperor's album spoke quite emotionally. Um, and I think anybody listening to this who thinks that it's silly to talk emotionally about music shouldn't be listening to this in the first place. But from my point of view, I, 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 I thought that all of the judges spoke in a, a very uh, articulate and eloquent and heartfelt way about the way in which the music they listened to across the 10 albums affected them. And I think that's kind of it. To me, that, that, to me, that makes perfect sense. I guess lastly, you've been steering the ship for the choice for quite some time now from this point of view. You mentioned emotion, you mentioned talking about the choice prize, treating it with incredible respect and taking it seriously. We've talked previously about a, a controversy that occurred during the week of the choice with regards to a journalism piece that ran, and we're yes. not going to go over that old ground, no, but, like, for, but from your point of view, did that kind of recontextualize what the choice prize is for you? Did it, did, it, did it make you kind of think that people really care about this thing, it's important? Because a lot of people kind of had a very emotional reaction to just that, just the idea of the choice kind of being treated in the way that it was with that regard. Yeah, I, I think there is a... Uh, I mean, the Choice Music Prize now is in its 15th year, OK? I've been chairman of the judging panel for almost 10 years. So while I don't have a specifically invested uh, input to the prize itself, uh, I still feel very, very much that music, within the context of the prize, is the be-all and end-all. And... Uh, I also don't want to comment about negative uh, writing that w was directed towards uh, Wyvern Lingo because I think it's kind of redundant, you know, and uh, I think the real cliche about what was written is that it says more about the writer than it does about the band, etc., etc., etc. I definitely think that there is a, a case 
for uh, choice to absolutely continue in the way that it's always continued from the very beginning. From, from, from its very principled beginning, which is that the music is the most important thing. Like any modern dog, I choose what I can see. From any infomercial to the bodies on the street. And for now I keep my head down, but one day I will proceed. Sarah Hederman, very good friend of the show. Uh, how was that you were judging the uh, the Choice Music Prize tonight? How did it feel? Um, it was really enjoyable. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I would love to do it again. Shout out to Tony Clayton Lee. If you want to have me next year, I would gladly do it. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was such a great like discussion about Irish music. And yeah, amazing. We were up in the balcony and... Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that it was a kind of almost like a shock win. I mean, it's it's a fantastic album, and uh, I think it kind of says a lot about. Um, I don't know, like it's it's kind of a it's almost like a depressing verdict because of the fact that they have broken up. So we won't see anything more from them. I mean, how did you feel about the album personally? Um, so I my relationship with Jason um, was an incredibly personal one. Um, I guess everyone in the room is either a music critic or related to, you know, broadcasting music. And on a daily basis, I do, I know it's a very terrible thing maybe to say, but we get emails daily of albums from Ireland and from across the the pond and you know you can get very jaded by having to listen to music and by seeing certain acts being pushed to the fore when they're very insincere and lack a lot of credibility lack passion I just I I'm so ha I'm really happy that this album is one because I feel that it is the truest expression of music that was put out last year from an Irish album um, I, lit I cannot stress how passionately I feel about this album. I love this, this band. Um, I love how rogue they are. I love how anti-establishment they are. I love that this win is such a fuck you to the Irish music industry, um, which I am a part of and I have a huge gripe with. Um, <laughs> oops. Um, yeah, it's just a very euphoric night to see that like all is not lost and that like in the rough the good can come. Did you feel like you were there? Like I was in the room. Oh, yeah, amazing yeah. stuff. Where do you stand on the whole choice debacle? Um, well, it was not <laughs> what would have been my Fiasco. selection at all. Um, but yeah, very happy for the guys. I've been a fan of the band for a long time, so it's a nice kind of end to that band story. But yeah, it's, it's, it struck it's, me as odd. It's still the most depressing thing is that, like, you know... It, 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 we're not going to see anything more from them. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's kind of... because, I, Like, it feels like, of course, the point you made um, prior to the segment, just, like, that it should be purely based on the music, which is quite right. But you do also want one of the effects to be maybe that it provides a platform for future kind of endeavours and stuff. And, and that's, see, that, that's, that's what happen here. That's what a lot of people were saying in yeah. the room. Now, again, 
it, like that's not what people are judging on, which is almost yeah. like like maybe that should be changed. Maybe you should go, well, this album is really good and we're awarding it because this act shows more promise or something like that. Yeah. Then you, again, it's in, a very kind of murky territory. Very, that's yeah. true. That's I, true. I think we will hear more from them, to be fair. I think they will like come back at some point. And, Do you, you think? Know, yeah, I think they will. But also... I think the interesting kind of thing about this was because I said it like you know in that package I said it last week I I I, I like the album but I think I, I don't think it should have won and I think it's a very tricky position now for the choice prize to be in because ultimately how do you utilize that for the next twelve months you can't I think if Kojak had a one for example like that would be like well you know we can like propel him now and we can like be like well look the choice has recognized this thing and he's an active guy he's on the rise I think it would have helped everyone quote unquote I think Emperor Renan kind of throws a bit of a spanner in the works from that point yeah, of view again in the but room it, none of that matters I right? know I'm not suggesting that it should I'm yeah. just saying that I think that, that, that that's the fallout I think the uh, focus and I do should... think this will be looked back on as like a, a fucking dud yeah mm. do you think it'll be looked back on as like Ed Powers here <laughs> I mean he was the star of the show he really was like, like... Owen McDermott read a fucking poem about oh, him oh that was like what are you that doing? Was pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. shocking. Yeah, that was terrible. I mean, ultimately, like that's yeah, yeah, it was kind of nasty. I don't know. It's, I know he said personal things as well, but it felt like just leave it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, two wrongs don't make a right, as we say here on the, uh, <laughs> the podcast slogan now on the <laughs> on the inspirational podcast beef. <laughs> Let's get into some news, guys. Where are we going to start? Um, a K-pop star has retired from music after being charged with supplying prostitutes. Actually, I'm I'm just going to be brutally honest. I haven't read the news section, well, so I'm going to shocked and appalled. I'm going to turn over. I'm going to turn over my notes now, and I'm just going to react. Oh my god! Okay, pressure's on. Yeah. So Sungri uh, is now the ex-member of the boy band Big Bang. Are you aware of those gentlemen, Dave? No. Okay. Large, big boy band from Korea. They're known as the kings of K-pop. I really yeah. thought you were going to say large big boys from Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why well, are you going gent, with this? This particular gent is quite the character. He's nicknamed Korea's Great Gatsby for his opulent lifestyle. Uh, he's denied these charges. Um, Sorry, was he shot dead in a swimming pool? <laughs> no, he's still alive. Spoiler for the Great large. Gatsby there by F. Scott Fitzgerald. For the time being, still alive. My favourite novel. Because, Jesus. Yeah. Wait, was it F. Scott Fitzgerald? Yes. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Carry he on. said he's going to retire from the industry to protect his band and the talent agency YG Entertainment. Uh, the charges which see the 28-year-old singer facing a potential three-year jail sentence follow a police raid at a nightclub managed by him in Seoul. I love a good police raid of a nightclub. Yeah, yeah. Miami Vice, guys. <laughs> Some very murky business going on, don't Yeah, you? <laughs> it's quite an interesting one as well because apparently Korea is uh, racked at the moment with this kind of thing where people are uploading like uh, very private messages and WhatsApp messages and that was the way that this was kind of broken that um, a reporter reported um, a screenshot of WhatsApp um, of him talking about stuff but apparently it's rampant at the moment where privacy has just gone out the window and people think it's okay to just post everything Um, the other really interesting about it is that K-pop in general um, it has this really really crazy thing where you're held to such massive high moral standards obviously this guy is pretty (laughs) pretty, are you standing with the alleged pimp (laughs) <laughs> but but in general it's like it's it's really really crazy and, and it's even really really interesting that you can see him he's like deciding to retire from music from <laughs> and yeah. from the industry because it's going to bring um, shame on his management company like have you ever heard anything like yeah, that happen don't, here like, don't bring shame on the agency yeah the agency <laughs> like what like it's, so it's it's really really crazy and it's it's apparently like really really shaking to up. be fair I have heard that that's why Cullum is no longer on the show 
Oh, really? He brought shame on Noam <laughs> And he did the only decent thing, and he stepped aside. He stepped aside. <laughs> yeah, we should, like, I don't know. I'd like to know more about the whole K-pop scene, because it just fascinates me. Obviously, we've seen BTS yeah. get massive worldwide. They've announced a new album. Yeah. They've kind of taken over from these guys. Yeah. Um, I think their recording career has been put on hold for, like, the last three years or so, because a few of the guys were in doing, like, compulsory military service. That's right. So yeah. they're, you like... do two years compu- compulsory yeah, military So they're service. watching, like, their stardom being stolen as but, they're just but doing... The thing to remember as well if you're in one of these bands you don't actually make a huge amount of money you're massively massively famous yeah. the girl bands in particular are absolutely unbelievable because you're not allowed to have a boyfriend unless it's sh- sanctioned and like you're not allowed your entire life is controlled you live in houses that are run by these management companies you have absolutely no control over your life and it's this thing that's like a kind of a, a built on shock like, so maybe you know this is a really really interesting kind of revealing thing that you know are you saying the supplying of the prostitutes was a cry for help no, I would say that the, the <laughs> Guys have more of a free Craig. one than the women. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being flippant. How listener. about another news story at this point in which Dave intervenes while more wholesome pop news? Ireland has revealed its Eurovision contestants. That's correct. Um, yeah, Sarah McTernan will represent the country at this year's Eurovision Song Contest in Israel. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> what's her name again? Sarah McTernan. Scum. Subhuman scum. <laughs> oh my god. I'm, because like we're boycotting the Eurovision this year. I suppose we are, yeah. I'd like to clarify I was doing that for comic effect. Yeah, she's a lovely person. <laughs> Seems probably. like a sound gal. Uh song is terrible. Uh the song is pretty bland. With, with the problem with the song is that is that it, it's the songwriting, the actual song itself is actually fine. It's the production that it's is so flat. bland. Flat. Just yeah. like this like bass guitar that sounds like like the played by a sixteen year old who's just starting to learn bass and then like at, like literally as if nobody has ever heard of unique instruments they're like okay we need a piano or a lift the piano, the there's no lift yeah. No, yeah no lift the bass no sounded kind of added in when they were just like this is way too we need something up yeah, yeah. to get it the Eurovision very, very faithful fun. going like um, so I don't um, know the Eurovision no faithful interest will you guys be watching it this year no. given all the hubbub no, I seldom watch it, to be quite honest. Like, it used to be a bit of a kind of drunken, ironic it laugh. in years. Yeah. It used to be that really, really... It used to be a fun night, because yeah. if you're doing it with, with kind of good people and everything, it's it's good crack. Um, but I don't know if I will be... What's the date? When is it, when is it on? May? Yeah. April? Like, like we have to I don't know. qualify. Sorry, no. Like, we'll be in a semi-final and then probably not, not get in. Yeah. Which I wonder if, like, is that like a self-sabotage thing? Like, we can't host it here. It costs <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> the the video for this premiered on the Eurovision um, YouTube site, and I had a look at the, the comments, and it was reasonably pretty um, positive. Really? So, yeah. There's like a, like Eurovision has now become this thing where there's like uber fans, almost like a stand culture within Eurovision itself. Uh, and I would say that a lot of them will decide on who gets in and who gets out. Uh, feel free to edit this off if I'm asking a wrong question or one that might be potentially awkward for the show, Eve. But did Christian Tierney direct that video? He did. He did direct the video. He did direct the video. Congratulations, Christian. But congratulations, Christian. He, re- he, he did the last one as well. And he got a lot of hate for this one. He got a lot of tweets, apparently. Oh. He gets too many fucking hate tweets. However, right now, to be fair, I think he's going to get nothing but love tweets for for some time because Christian is currently on tour with the Forest King himself. The Forest King himself. He's on tour with Hosier. Big Number Andrew Hosier Burn. Number one album in the world. Speaking of which. Congratulations, yep. we should See, say. Uh, Man from Wicklow. Christian yeah. <laughs> uh, took the photographs of, of Hosier looking very happy with himself. Yeah, uh, that's right. They're and good we, photos. They're, yeah, I mean, like, if you're into that kind of thing. And I mean, like, essentially... <laughs> happy photos <laughs> of Hosier. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> so essentially, right, uh, Hozier said, can't find the words, and then did. And he said that he's very happy with the number one album in America. He referred to his album and what he does, I suppose, as homemade handcrafted music. Bake it in the oven, two hours. 
I mean, to be fair, he did record it all in his in it. Well, he wrote it all in his home. I know, but it's like, a really pretentious thing to say. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that that's, that is massive news. Like, the, it like is. it has been years and years since. I was going to ask, do we, does anyone know when? The I last, was trying to find out yeah. this week, and I couldn't find out. Yeah. My guess, my guess is like the cores. I was thinking you too, maybe. But it's Actually, a big, yeah, it's a big achievement. So Everyone's too. very happy for him. I wish it was a better album. We've already talked about that. Yeah, I mean, we all wish it was a better album. Definitely. Um, it's still, it's a massive, massive success, and that's like an incredible news story. There was today I was driving, and RT News for their fun story at the end, right? Where like Hosier has listened to a fan on Twitter today and oh, decided yeah, to change yeah. a headline on his website. He has changed his merchandise website to "Take Me to Merch," yeah. and that was like the end of the RT News in the middle Boom of the day. Bro. It was crazy. <laughs> the Electric Picnic press release because uh, they're very fond of <laughs> yeah. they're very fond of puns <laughs> and one of the puns was follow don't forget to follow the tall man to the church of Hosier which makes what? no sense stop doing this well, listen it's, it's good news anyway for it is. Uh, the Irish exchequer because I believe he still pays his tax here so <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah like fair play but I I, I don't I can't I don't I yeah can't. I can't I can't I've tried with the with the music and it's not for me. I mean, but it, it is, is for many people. I mean, it is quite interesting because then I guess, like you know, we were thinking. I mean, I was coming up, up of the of the uh, the impression that his star had faded a small bit abroad. Yeah, um, we were talking about this because the singles didn't seem to catch fire. In yeah, the right. Like yeah. Nina Carter didn't seem to really do incredible. No. See, he's been uh, doing a Glenn Hansard and popping up in subways, busking for I the commuters that. in New York. Which again, I'm like. I think New York people have suffered enough, don't you? <laughs> I would have loved to have seen the no, camera turn to some crowd because I didn't see a crowd at all in that one. It was literally just, you know. But anyway. Anyway. Um, what else is going on, guys? Uh, what else is going on? Um, feds throw shade at a rapper who brags about credit card fraud after booking him for committing credit card fraud. Yeah, you wouldn't expect this of um, the rapper Self-Made Cash uh, with a K. But yeah, he's been <laughs> he's been bragging about his extravagant lifestyle, which is funded uh, by nefarious means in his tracks. Uh, he's been charged. Um, the Detroit Times broke this story. Um, he's been paper hit record. With, yeah, Jonathan <laughs> Woods. Actually, I went to that link, the, the link of the Detroit Times original story, and it is written very kind of just like. Uh, like staid and factual but also it takes quite a lot of pops at him weirdly <laughs> uh, which is great um, so yeah real name Jonathan Woods has been hit with charges of wire fraud aggravated identity theft and possession of unauthorised access devices so his tunes include Swipe God Freestyle in which he raps I got him in the day feelings off these swipes I made a killing I made 10 ain't have to split it did I deliver that well? no, no did not. that was pretty good I liked it thanks man <laughs> Oh, he's dragging me down, Dave, but he's lifting me back up. I'm just keeping you on your toes, man. That's all. Did you enjoy last week when I said clang at one stage? Yeah, which I called you on. I know, yeah. I listened back to it and I chuckled heartily. Good, that's what I'm here for. That was a good one, Dave. Um, federal prosecutors, in their official statement, to were delighted with as well, yeah, said Woods claimed to be sophisticated at credit card fraud when, in fact, he is not. <laughs> <laughs> so he frequently post pictures on videos uh, and videos on Twitter and Instagram containing large amounts of money, credit cards, credit card skimmers uh, to promote his proclivity for credit card fraud. He's Jesus. just posting it all around. Yeah, this. he could face 20 years behind bars. Um, well, it's probably an example of how most rap stars that kind of talk about this stuff they're up to probably aren't doing any of it because they're sensible people that realise that they should. Speaking <laughs> of a young rap star, one who unfortunately passed away very young, I read a Rolling Stone a very long read about Lil Peep inside his final mm. days. 
I think it was called like the tragedy and yeah, torment of little people. It's a really fucking tough read. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. It's very sad, and it ends with a real like full stop. And it's very effective. It's incredibly well written, but it's just so harrowing. I found it really difficult to read. And again, a reminder of like this guy was going to be a fucking megastar yeah. and seemed to have it all, but just broke. Yeah, yeah, and was broken by what was happening around him so fast, and yeah, I, I'd recommend everyone to go and read it. But by all means, you know, just be aware that it's difficult. I, I keep using that word because it is. Mm. Uh, I, I, we got a story in here about the Baja men to Baha men. cheer everyone up uh, with their <laughs> too, and it goes on for about three pages. I know, I know. Like when I when I Let's went just... to go print this, like this story is mental because there's a new documentary that has come out or that has come out for South by Southwest, and um, so it'll be out, uh, I presume, uh, on Netflix or something like that in a couple of months. But basically, the entire documentary is based around the question: Who let the dogs out? I heard this song in a cafe today and I couldn't believe it. Wow, it's really? Still it's still going. It's still going. It's a really, really crazy story because it's uh, there's a huge amount of different people who say that they came up with the phrase first start. I had asked a couple of people during the week, is like, where does it come from? And one person, was like, the one person was like, oh, it's derogatory towards women. It's like a really, really like horrible thing or whatever. And then somebody else was like, apparently somebody in who said that they yeah, had this written it. blew me away that it's actually an anti-misogyny song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a feminist because anthem. the dogs are being, the ref- dogs are the men. men. Are, are men. Oh. So the premise of the <laughs> the premise of the song is like my mind is blown. Yeah. The premise of the song is all the lads are like partying and then they're being like offensive to women and just kind of using derogatory terms and then the women get their own back by being like what are lads wow. and then the whole hook is basically saying who let these dopes come apart who let the dopes out. Yeah. So it's actually a sophisticated deconstruction of gender politics very much so. and also an example of the juxtaposition of songwriting in which you can have kind of atonal lyrics with this upbeat melody and some very enthusiastic performers. If anything, it was ahead of its time. There you yeah. go. And That's it's also it. quite popular at the cricket, apparently. Cullum could tell us more about that, but it seems to be a big hit. Yeah, popular at the, cr- the cricket. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be one of those things where it's just been adopted oh, yeah. as like... Would you be happy if your music was army. popular at the cricket? Yeah, of course. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> yeah you would? That'd be yeah. like a, a feather in your cap? I'm trying to think. We'll of try and make it happen. Best, the next time Cullum goes to one of his all-day drinking sessions, aka some cricket, yeah, we'll get him to hack into the uh, Tannoy, and he he can blast like uh, I don't know, in my darkest moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my, <laughs> that would be the perfectly suited. Oh, congratulations to Lachlan McKenna for uh, winning a yeah, directing yeah, award won, for that great best video. Best emerging director and best music video. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, See, I'm like I pay attention to pay attention. To I pay world. attention to the real news stories, such as what's going on with you. What is going on with you? You've moved house. I moved house. I spent the last two days. uh, Last night, literally the only thing in the apartment was a bed. So I just slept on a bed. But that bed, I had to build it Luckily from fucking you had Ikea. A bed to sleep on. I had to go I to Ikea. Thinking. I built it last night. It took, I, like, oh, it was You're like veering really dangerously close to the lyrics from Kanye West's last call there, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it was just me in a bed. And uh, yeah, so, uh, and then today I bought a kettle. So that's the, that's all you that's need, the next man. thing. It's just you um, and that bed and that kettle against the world. But yeah, yeah so it's, it's a, I'm moving up to Dublin kind of as my main residence. Uh, and then I'm going to be going. Sorry, my main residence. My main residence. I've been splitting <laughs> my will, time between yeah, Galway he and here. still but, summer in you know, Galway. <laughs> now that I'm doing no encore full time, you know, I really had to get like a Make place. It's true. I said, I know <laughs> summer in Galway. And, uh, I said, you know, you've missed a few episodes. I think you need to buy, <laughs> buy a house <laughs> in order to show me that you're still on this train with us uh, and you're like what and I was like here is the 50 page document the deeds uh, yeah you're, f- you're feeling good like moving's a stress I'm feeling good it's a stress uh, it's going okay uh, you had a bath yet 
uh, I haven't had a bath yet, but there is a bath. Dave recommends this after there, the big yeah, move. Yeah, the, fir- the big move, the first thing you need to do. How about I bath. break that bath in? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. The worst. Even the phrase break it in is like, Dude, that's, that's, really, that that's really as horrendous. Soon, as soon as the first word came out of my mouth, I was like, no, no, oh. no, Dave. This is a bad thing that you're doing. And then it just, it just, it just happened. I feel like I was going to hang over the rest of the episode. Like. Uh, okay, so let's move on to uh, an interview. Let's try and save the show. Uh, we have a chat with Molly Sterling, an artist very much on the rise. Let's have a listen to what she sounds like, and then we're going to chat to her. Let's say these things work. This cave hides plenty around the waters around me. Liquid confidence calms me down. And my teeth don't linger, my aches don't stop. So if you take this off, you take me on. And are you afraid? Are you afraid? afraid? Delighted to be joined on No Encore by Molly Sterling. Hello, how are you? Hey, it's a whole oh, thing. Yeah. I've never yeah. clapped on a podcast before. Yeah. It usually <laughs> puts people off. We should maybe stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have asked to stop doing it numerous times. That's tradition. Oh, I enjoyed it. Keep, keep it going. <laughs> so, how the hell are you? It's a, it's a busy time. You've just sold out Wheelands. That's yeah, that's good. Right. Yeah, it is a busy time. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not handling it very well, but like, as in, do you know the way when it's busy? I don't think anyone that's busy is like, I'm on top of everything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a yeah. bit like, I think, yeah, I know, I'm I'm good, I'm good. I think, <laughs> yeah. But uh, is there a lot of preparation? Is it kind of do you do a lot of rehearsals before you build up to a show like that? Yeah, I try to, and I think what I struggle with most is like, do you know the way you have in your head how you want something to go? And I'm such a in my brain, I'm such a control freak. I'm yeah, just like. Yeah. This is like how a few months beforehand I wanted to, to like kind of go in of the course, prep, yeah, yeah. and then when something goes wrong, I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, plan B, I didn't have one, but like you fucking, you have to just, yeah, 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 you know. And your stuff is kind of quite emotionally intense, so I'd imagine even mm. rehearsals are a bit draining at times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all or nothing, really. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's actually really funny because I'd never been in any uh, rehearsal that wasn't my own before working with Nilo okay. and I kind of actually took lessons from like subconsciously I wasn't there like with notes and my glasses like <laughs> Nilo said this I should say that too but like uh, in that rehearsal it's like always really enjoyable and I know it's like a different type of music it's not as it's not as slow and you know <laughs> boring <laughs> but uh, do you know I kind of I kind of went back to my rehearsal with, with my lads then and I was just like yeah like let's just kind of Let's just try and enjoy this because I have some organised fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone has to laugh at least three times. So, so the, yeah, so then out you, of the band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly. then you're kind of holding that the emotional performance for the actual night. Yeah, and thing? I think that's important because yeah. like you you can't be putting it in yeah. all the time. But a lot of the time, like it's it's heavy. I think it's heavier for people to hear than it is for me to play. Like it's actually really helpful for yeah. me to like 
come home from from work and go to rehearsal and get to have that like outlet yeah whereas yeah, people are hearing it and they're like oh god oh jesus <laughs> like oh but, uh, there always is the there's often that juxtaposition i think with people where like whether it's a persona or whether it's just tapping in something that you probably couldn't do in ordinary everyday conversation outside of a therapy session yeah but like <laughs> the people who kind of put out music that is quite vulnerable quite naked and all that kind of stuff tend to just be like you know happy-go-lucky in a lot of ways mm. i mean i think yeah. it's a weird kind of uh, human conditioning i think i mean yeah. like i I think it's I mean I presume it's a healthy form of expression I guess the closest I would come to it is doing this show yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah like I mean when you're say performing and, and I guess basically songwriting on a whole it's kind of it's an emotional output right it's like mm. kind of almost therapeutic is, is it yeah or? yeah for sure like definitely I um, but it's a weird it's weirdly kind of two different types of of yeah. therapeuticness do you know like when you're <laughs> writing and then when you're performing it's like writing can be like I can spend a day writing and be like oh god what is life oh my god <laughs> but then after performing I'm like yeah fuck yeah like yeah, yeah. these are all these things I've admitted and like I know that I'll, kind of you physically know? cathartic yeah. thing yeah. you can yeah, for go sure. kind of thing yeah. um, Feeble is the new single yeah. recorded up in Derry with Ryan yeah, Vale right um, you recorded in a really really great studio called Small Town America yeah um, yeah I recorded some piano there last year as well. It's like an absolutely incredible studio. Um, and Ryan seems to have this really, really good way of approaching very minimal music and adding elements without overdoing it, even though, yeah. like, I mean, when you go into his studio, it's just all synths everywhere. And everything. <laughs> yeah. um, how was it working with him? And I know Keelan was your engineer as well. Yeah. He's the, kind of the engineer in, in the studio. Yeah, it was, the, it was, a, you I can't put it anywhere mm. different than how you just said, but like, yeah, that's why I really like working with Ryan because normally, mainly it's because normally people that I have worked with in the past have been like, you're very, your lyrics are very dark and sad. Can we, maybe we can make the music happier oh and like have the, the balance. <laughs> yeah. And Ryan's like, ah, like, let's go in. I'll send him something and he'll be like, that sounds really evil. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like class <laughs> yeah, he comes but, from that place as well yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. really it's really cool and I've never like working with the two of them because I did strip down with them my last single okay, and then cool. I did feeble as well um and it's just it was do you know that buzz when you're in the studio it's really long days but you're like just thoroughly enjoying all yeah. of it yeah, 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 yeah um I just wish in a way I love Derry it's like my favorite city but I also wish it wasn't a Derry because bringing my whole band up to Derry is like expensive <laughs> come yeah, on guys yeah, yeah, yeah exactly fine. I mean with that and I mean we were talking earlier about the kind of the having such a kind of an emotional vocal and stuff I mean on Feeble it's like it's mm. like really intensely like mm emotional and stuff sorry. is it is it very <laughs> don't be sorry at all. I, think, I think it's i think it's the best part of the music i think the vocal was the best part do you like how do you even go into recording something like that do you have to get into some sort of mindset or is it like does it just yeah. kind of come out naturally um that's a really good question i don't actually know i it's really hard to remember because yeah. i think when i'm going into something like that it it does it's kind of like stage fright not kind of has the same effect where it just happens and you're like what happened yeah yeah but i i do remember singing feeble and like being really excited to like fucking go for it and like yeah, let yeah. rip yeah, and yeah. like i would have been really self-conscious about doing that in previous recordings mm. just because do you know you i would often kind of have people reacting being like afterwards they would 
be acting quite like uneasy or it would make them really uncomfortable. That kind of means that your job is done though, right? Yeah, like, that, exactly. Yeah, but I think it takes you a while to make peace with that. And yeah. I'm actually really enjoying it now and kind of writing some really like sonically like twisted stuff which yeah, I'm really yeah, enjoying yeah, yeah. you know it's really fun did you encounter you kind of hinted at it there I mean like obviously like we're, we're, we're recording this episode like during the week where Ireland's Eurovision entry has come out and that's going to be a talking point that was your breakthrough in terms of like the general public finding out who you were at all yeah. at a very young age as well yeah. I mean like that experience obviously must have been surreal I would imagine but also yeah. did did people try and then shape you into some kind of pop star because the music that you do now is obviously much different yeah I Pandora's Jesus. I mean I like one of my New Year's resolutions is to not be afraid about talking about it but uh so this is great this is good let's uh let's start now (laughs) but uh I think yeah like there there definitely is you have such a for for something like that you have a massive team and you're so young well I I was so young and and kind of was the type of teenager that was always try like people treated me because I looked older than I was and I kind of wanted to be because I was treated like I was because until people knew my age they like treated me like they would when they're mates or whatever mm. so I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be like you're 16 but you know what you want like you do know what you want and that kind of a thing and um that can I think that can cause a lot of stress when there's a team of people being like, No, this is what you're wearing mm. and you need to sound like this and you're I, I it's really confusing when you're trying to be so like true to yourself but mm. then you're like, What even the fuck am I? Like yeah. and what the fuck am I on this like international stage? You yeah. know, it's really weird. Like you're Preaching to the choir here. I was doing talent shows when I was younger as well. Oh, high five. Like, <laughs> we can talk about that trauma later. <laughs> I think I think one of the more interesting things is even that fact that you just said there at the start of the year that you were like, I'm going to make a conscious decision to yeah. talk about this stuff. Because yeah. there's always, generally, when you come up out of it, there's a general stigma that comes across with everything. And yeah. I think in your head, you sometimes kind of think, well, if I bring this up at any time, you're yeah. just going to be put into this slot and then you're stuck. Like, yeah. why are you deciding to kind of... T- be okay with talking it a little bit more now um because it was a really like not being not being dramatic or funny but it was genuinely really traumatic like time for me like there was stuff that I that had happened to me and that I was going through like simultaneously and then was was on these stages and doing Mm. these rehearsals uh so I think it like the whole thing was is kind of a memory wise it's kind of a black hole right. and now and again I do get like flashbacks and they're really like oh, oh fuck and they they'll affect my whole day so I'm trying to like like I've started um actually with my counselor we've started like watching there's so many videos on YouTube and and of me like 16 like so anxious and it's really disturbing and I was like I really want to get these taken down because it's like uh, and I'm going to try to get some of them taken down because I'm just like there doesn't need to be that many like do you know what I mean but also I were just kind of like if I watch them on my own I think it's good to like face them and be like this is something that 
And it sounds like I'm making a big deal out of nothing, but it's it's everything around it. No, you know? Yeah, and you're you know like you're basing your whole career around music. Yeah, yeah. and it's a totally different you also version. experience something that like no, no one does. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. at a formative age as well. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. the Eurovision for a lot of people is something to just kind of like sit down and just like yeah. watch or like get fucking pissed to. I mean, like yeah. it's not like, <laughs> you're never on the other side of it because yeah. I'd imagine it was terrifying. But I mean, like I guess I mean I wouldn't have asked the question if I didn't feel that the, what you're doing yeah. now. Yeah. trumps that because yeah. I mean I guess even like the reaction to your music now selling out Wheelands like that must be vindication for sure like definitely I mean it's that classic thing though where you don't really give yourself enough credit and you're like oh, I mm. want to do this thing and then you do it and you're like cool yeah no that's fine but what's the next thing and like <laughs> you know so it's that classic but I mean yeah it's it's really liberating to and I'll always, I always I kind of overuse that word but it's I couldn't imagine my 16, 17 year old self, like I, I, I think I'd be like super proud of what I'm doing now. Even just how I'm mentally trying, you know, like trying to approach it in a healthy way and trying to enjoy it mm. instead of doing it for like the wrong reasons. So I think music is super slippy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think like, like the thing like for me, I saw you hire working class heroes, and oh, cool. but with my, but my thing was I was looking at who I was going to go see that weekend, and obviously I, I knew your name because I knew yeah. your name, yeah, but yeah, I didn't quite yeah. know what I was going to walk into, and I yeah. walked into it, and I think it was like late in the Grand Social, yeah, and it was, I was so struck by like what was it, it right in front of me because even like the visuals that you had, it was like these kind of VHS kind of style yeah. thing, it was like something like fucking Twin Peaks, and that, that is a reference that we overuse yeah. in the show, but <laughs> it's a great, yeah. reference. It's a great <laughs> reference, yeah, but it really was. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I was like, this is not what I was expecting. This is really interesting. It's very dark. It's odd, and it has like a, a communal that the crowd were really into it too. Uh, apart from one girl who was basically breaking up with her boyfriend during the set. Oh, but, uh, no. yeah, what a soundtrack! So, so there you go. You know, like, That's like, what my music <laughs> does to me. Like, ho- hopefully, they're doing okay now. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be at face the truth, right? Like, that's what yeah. But no, but it, 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 it was an amazing contrast, and it did feel like wow, this is like totally lived in. You know? Yeah, that's really cool to hear because. It's really tough to like know, um, I think uh, when you try so hard to just make what you want to make and perform what you want to perform, sometimes you've no idea what people are seeing, do you mm, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or what people are experiencing. So that's actually really cool to hear. I mean, bear the breaking up their boyfriend thing. <laughs> Look, they're, they're young. It was meant to be. Who among us hasn't gotten their heart broken at a gig? I mean, exactly. like, like, that's, that's, that's true. That's very funny. Yeah, it's, it's a right of passage on this show, anyway, that's for sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, Nilo there, the great philosopher of our time. Uh, oh, stop. <laughs> Oh. Uh, recent guest of No Encore, of course, uh, speaks very highly of you. That collaboration, he said, came together quite organically, but you two seem to really kind of suit each other. There's a good dovetail going on. Yeah, like, I'm... I, Like, you you just adore the chap. You spend enough time around him and you're like, you are the best. Yeah. He's so lovely and is, like, the most focused person I've... Like, it's insane. He's just, like, just, like tunnel vision and you're like oh my god this is inspiring but really scary yeah <laughs> but uh yeah I I remember I think when stripped out stripped out stripped down came out and uh I remember Nelly messaged me being like 
oh like this is class we should do a song together and you know the way people say that to you and you're like yeah 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 let's do it they don't say it. to me <laughs> <laughs> I said it to you many years ago <laughs> <laughs> I tried to start a band with you we, we, we got one a podcast day. instead yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean you can have on the next song you know what I mean? like, <laughs> the podcast is the new band though. That's a, oh yeah it's, no it's my last yeah. I was in two bands that didn't go anywhere this is my third band and then this is third it time lucky, third like time when this goes down <laughs> when this ship goes down I'm out <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna like give Nelly a ring. Be like, any dogs need walking? Today? <laughs> I feel like I could do that. I mean, sorry, but you were saying he was, he was true to his word. He actually meant it. Yeah. yeah, and we did. We met up, and we were like, I think we were both kind of nervous because, like, you know, you you kind of would be. It's just, I don't know. It's it's, it's an a, odd thing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, when you're coming into something together. that you don't really know yeah. how it's gonna work yeah. out or whatever. Yeah. And like also when like I that EP, like I fucking love that EP that he put out, and I was genuinely like, I know. This EP. <laughs> this is weird. I'm sitting beside him now and I know every word. But uh yeah, we just like hopped in despair, like grabbed a few cans and we're like, right, let's just like see. And uh and just what he he sent me a song that it's not out yet, but I think he's bringing it out soon. And it was like the name of it in the the demo like title. I was like, I'm fucking on board, absolutely. Like it was literally instant and I I love how I love working with people like Ryan who really embrace that mm. dark kind of because everyone fucking has dark parts and like shit that you don't want to talk about, you don't want to deal with. Yeah, yeah. So I just I love getting stuck in and and so does and Nilo mm. does as well and it's it's also a great crack though you know. Yeah. Mm. I just love it. I'm still kind of fangirling about the whole situation. Like I'll be in <laughs> rehearsal and I'll be like, "You guys are all great." Ah! Are people surprised though, like in, in terms of your attitude towards writing dark music? Because I mean, mm. that is a thing of like, I mean, I, w- I went to see Billie Eilish there recently, and like, <laughs> she's excelling with dark pop, and I wonder mm. if, if if that's the new thing. And I mean, like, I, I I've always, I've always been of the opinion that like, younger people can handle darkness, and it's something that's almost mm. kind of condescended to. Like, we just there's so much protectiveness around, which of course is a good thing, but at the same time, I think back to my childhood and like what, what I grew up on. Like, I was going to fucking Slipknot gigs when I was like 16, 17, yeah. and like you know, I still do. Like, like, like. <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> Best band ever. <laughs> Welcome to the Slipknot cast, everyone. <laughs> the Notcast. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think it's just really interesting and refreshing to hear someone kind of own it, like, and, and be like, "This is this is fine," because uh, like, there's a lot of bullshit in music. And I think with Irish musicians, Craig and I have interviewed a ton over the last eight nine years, and yeah. you meet a lot of people who just don't have anything to say, and yeah. that's just really frustrating. I think for for our point of view, but from their point of view, I'm like, Jesus, what's your what's your creative process even like? So yeah, yeah, yeah I mean. I think with with that's such an interesting point about younger people being able to handle darkness. That's so true. Like I was like, the stuff I was listening to when I was younger was like, oh. but uh, and now I'm all Beyonce, yeah, just like bopping away all day, and I'm like, what's happening to me? But uh, no shade on Beyonce. Beyonce is great. If you're listening, Beyonce, younger <laughs> sound, yeah, yeah, I'd say she's class. But um. <laughs> But and yeah. also, if you're listening, Beyonce, we need a sponsor. <laughs> Come on the pod, give us money. Yeah. I will be glad. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I think it's also the thing with Billie Eilish coming to the fore. She's just totally herself, um, which is really cool. And she seems to like outwardly. I'd instantly kind of worry because she's like so young and so successful and you're like oh that's so scary but also she seems to have like such a cool support network i didn't even think of that you probably have a probably a pretty unique 
image of Billie Eilish, right? Because yeah, she I'm was just around like, the same oh ages. God, don't listen to anybody, just go with your gut. But like, mm. and I mean, she fucking is and she's yeah. amazing. Um, but I also think, you know, if someone's making music that's really, really good and it's like thematically not been really heard before or hasn't been on radio before, mm-hmm. that's when like kind of trends start. And, you know, that's kind of what I've noticed. It's like if one thing breaks through in terms of like genre or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and then it starts it kickstarts a whole yeah thing. exactly yeah yeah Amazing. I feel like you know with hip hop becoming the new pop music in recent years to mm. an extent that has really forced that thing of just like giving the unvarnished truth and talking about your personal story yeah that's kind of why we get yeah. Billy Eilish's and stuff it's just expected now and it can be a scary thing where it's just like okay I'm gonna lay it all out there but then it's so much better than the alternative mm. which is yeah. some weird industry structure where you're doing happy-go-lucky yeah. pop Probably music and hating it the social media yeah. thing as well where yeah. people are expected you're, you're expected to know everything per- thing about each person yeah, if you yeah. Know what I mean. and I'd say that breeds a thing where it's like well if this person is going to be my pop star mm. I have to know everything about them and I have to know like each separate thing yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. What does the rest of the year look like for you? I mean, are we working towards an album or like what is the current current state of things? Uh, oh, that's such a good fucking question. It's that's a terrible like, question. That, <laughs> nah. It's the worst question. As it's in, always the insight. Yeah. Is there like, an album? Genius question. Uh, no, but genuinely just because that's like milling around my head for the last while. Just like, I don't really know. Like, I, I kind of think I might go give my just need to go lock myself in a room and like just write loads of things because I haven't done that in so long so you know life like you know yeah. life just is like hey yeah but I'm <laughs> recording a new tune uh soon um I'm kind of trying to like take the reins on it and make scary decisions with it and put things more in my control uh, which could make it sound worse but ultimately I think it's about kind of making music that you would like to listen to or that you love yeah. you know and you um, to do it once you can learn to go on and yeah. do more you know yeah I'll do it once yeah. and I'll be like that was a bad idea someone, <laughs> someone tell me to what to do <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well on that ominous note Molly Sterling thanks very much <laughs> thank, thank you thank you So that was Molly Sterling. You heard her track Feeble earlier on. It's excellent. Go and get really it into good. your, get into all your playlists and all that, that kind really of fun interview. jazz. Yeah, yeah she was, was great. great. She was really, really cool. Um, very interesting person and one to keep an eye on. You can't get into that gig because it's sold out. Don't hassle the security, but do look out for her upcoming gigs, which I'm sure there will be many. And thanks again, Molly, for coming in. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Songs of the Week. Uh, how about I pick a number? Okay, Dave, pick a number. <laughs> One. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. (laughs) A daring choice. It is local natives and they're back with When Am I Gonna Lose You? Wondering how to explain Was California's finest? Maybe not. Finest? Uh, no. California. <laughs> That's a pretty big place. Yeah. It's pretty big place. It's a lot of music. Silver Lake's finest, because yeah. I don't know anyone else from that probably small town. 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> they're back after a couple of years. Um, the last record kind of saw them moving away from the folkier kind of psychedelic influenced sound that they started off with. I think there was a belter of a single on there, wasn't there? Yeah, it was like it was quite poppy. There was lots of hooks um, and they've continued in that vein on this one, right? This is an interesting one because to me, this straddles the line between uh, indie art you know, kind of art housey kind of stuff that might be a bit too esoteric for someone, but it's also very close to being like a fucking killer's track or something. I really like it, but I wonder if people will think that it's some kind of weird sellout track. I don't know. I, f- I didn't feel anything for this track. Really? Either. Like I could hear all of Dolly's the arms are folded. And everything about sorry, <laughs> all of the sounds and everything in it, like and just the way it should. Like I'm listening to it, going, yeah, I should really like this, but I just I don't know. It just didn't hit something for me at all. Yeah, I mean, they started off um, working quite early doors with Aaron Desner mm. and people like that, and they've been very influenced by the National. This felt like they're being influenced now by like Ryan Tedder or something. As I, I don't know, I don't know if they're hedging their bets. I don't know if it's a cynical move. Um, but it didn't do a huge amount for me. The fuck the, is wrong with like, you? Like the hook is <laughs> both the hook is very catchy and nagging, but it's more in a kind of insistent way. Like yeah. I didn't, I wasn't loving it. Are you gonna say? Now, it? I will say, I will say, the bridge kind of made it work for me because lyrically it kind of snaps into focus. It's a bit more detailed. There's some of that kind of intricacies that they're famous for, yeah. and it it just added an extra layer that I definitely needed. It elevated it slightly, but overall, I wasn't loving it. I what enjoyed it. Say? I thought you were going to say that it insists upon itself. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Uh, why don't you give me a number? Oh, number four, please, Dave. It's M83. Your boys. The song is called Carl. And it comes from a soundtrack that they've made for an independent film. M83, of course, have dabbled in the soundtrack game before with Oblivion, the Tom Cruise sci-fi epic, a few years ago. Good movie, good soundtrack, not brilliant in either case. M83, a band very close to my heart. I I say band, it's mostly Anthony Gonzalez's baby. Um, But in recent years, dropped some very questionable projects. I thought Junk was, like its title suggests... Rubbish. I feel like there's four or five <laughs> tracks that you can salvage from the wreckage on that. That's being um, very generous. There's some good writing on it, but I think the overt kind of kitsch 80s stuff, you just took it too far. I've gone back to the older release. I've gone back to Before the Dawn Heals, which for me is a 10 out of 10 album, and Dead Seas, uh, Dead Seas, Red Seas, Lost Ghost. Uh, another great album. Uh, I will always adore M83 because there's so much good music there. Um, this is weird because like it has the touchstones of you know the kind of let's go to space yeah. big soaring moments but it's also got some weird kind of like flute going on at the start it's very very dark as well the whole soundtrack is very strange yeah. it's a um, horror film right I, yeah. So, yeah so I think as a piece of music for a soundtrack it's actually quite good I think it like it definitely as soon as I was listening to it I it denotes an emotion that like w- was important to that piece I presume yeah it starts um, off doing that kind of pastoral thing yeah it's yeah. like air almost or, it kind of reminds me of it's like been compared, Forest, it's been compared it's... to air kind of pivoting when they did their album that no one liked and you know kind of gave them some feathers in their bow that some people were like was it or? or was it 10,000 HC legend or okay. I don't know um, but like I, I only know Moon Safari mate um, 
I, like it's good. It's like I, I've tried listening to the album a couple of times. It's 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 long and short at the same time. Lots of tracks. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I really desperately want M83 to come back with an album and of their own and hit it out of the park. I hope that they will. Yeah. Now, isn't he back working with Nicholas? His from before? a show? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, Get the fuck really. Yeah, I think I was reading in the press release that this is the first time they've worked together. Because for anyone who doesn't know, like, yeah. when M83 started, it was, it was a duo. Two, two guys. And that was probably like fifteen years or yeah, at least. Like and yeah, like uh, Nicholas from. Which I'm probably yeah. mispronouncing. He left. Uh, there was creative differences, and Anthony Gonzalez took it uh, like all on his own. And to be fair, I mean, he made some incredible work after that. He made before the Don Hills. He made Saturdays Equal Youth, and mm. I think there's some great stuff on uh, the double album. I wish it wasn't a double album. So that would be very exciting. I hope yeah. that's true because I mean, like at their best, it's some of the best music I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of this track, I think. It, uh, it's it's a film it's film music right like I mean I wouldn't really take it as a song at all I would be really interested to see how it works across the panel yeah, of film I think that's um, and that's that was my takeaway from it uh, let's say three Kindness and Robin who I thought would have been on the picnic lineup but wasn't this song is called Cry Everything She might be bound for a Kilmainham gig, though, so hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, please. Just, yeah, <laughs> Such a good live act. How do we feel about this? This feels like it never took off properly for me. Like, I really, really liked it, but it just felt like it could have been an amazing dance track yeah. or, or something like that. And it There's just something didn't in really it, get like, there. Yeah. There's something it's there, and especially with the vocal and everything and the way it looks. But it just feels like there's this whole section that's missing out of it. There's, like a, there's not enough chest or something like that like I don't know I, 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 this is like a perfect example of something that could be a great track if it was done yeah. in a different genre I'd love to hear a remix of this yeah I feel like there's not enough kindness maybe on it like I thought it felt like a remix do you think it, it's odd because there's this under, undercurrent mm. of really interesting warped pop going on underneath what Robin's doing yeah. but together it feels like you're in some club where you can kind of hear the other room yeah, and you're like yeah, yeah, it might yeah. be a bit more interesting but I can't concentrate on either and it was yeah. It kind of felt just melded together, not in a particular. It's amazing how way. iconic Robin's voice is. Oh, on yeah, it. and yeah. you're just like, holy shit! Like that's yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, like I haven't gone back to Honey. I was very disappointed. No. Yeah, I was too. I mean, but but there was two or three immense tracks on that. That's that were true. Yeah. Excellent. But yeah. The album might not have been as amazing, but like at the end of the day, with Robin, like you kind of only need a couple of really really good tracks, and she still cements herself as this like incredible powerhouse. You know. Sure. Can I have number two, please, Greg? Uh, can I have number two, please, Dave? I literally just asked <laughs> What? No, I thought I you were suggesting two. I pick number two. Do you want me to intro it? Because it is Nasty Cherry and if you hadn't heard of them before, Charlie XEX wants you to know about them. This is Win. Nice. 
but is it a win? Uh, not for me, Dave. Um, yeah, so this is, I guess, well, it's it's a, a new group. It's kind mm. of a project that Charlie XCX has taken on, um, yeah. supporting massively, uh, kind of helping mold them a bit, I guess. And Dahi, you were saying like online has been a bit of a reaction to the fact she's putting so much energy and time into this project. Yeah, so it's like it's quite interesting. It was like back in January, she kind of started talking about how she was going to have an album this year. She was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to work on this album now," uh, and people got really, really excited. There's like a very like fanatical fan base with yeah. when it comes to Charlie. Um, and then she started just posting loads of these pictures of these girls who nobody knew. And she was like, there's a new band called Nasty Cherry. And then like posted it up. They had absolutely no music. Nobody knew who they were. And she, she was like, like putting up these Instagram posts going like, I am obsessed with this band. I can't believe it. And like, everyone was like, who the fuck are these people? I don't know. And uh, eventually like, she was posting them more and more and more, and then they, they, like they announced the kind of the, some of the band members were some of Charlie's older band members when she had a full band, okay. um, and then she announced that she was going to be producing and co-writing a track with them, and that they were going to sign on her uh, her record label, okay. um, which is called Vroom Vroom Records, which I like which a lot. Is good, uh, but uh, basically there was a really big backlash with Charlie, where basically all the fans were going. Um, why aren't you working on your album that we've been promised instead of like you're focusing all your attention on this band that we don't even know we don't particularly <laughs> like them at all we don't know who they are they seem like these models who have just got come in or are just performing and that was the kind of the general consensus from yeah. around the forums and stuff and then I mean this track came out and people were placated a little bit I think people kind of like this track a little bit okay. more it reminds it's from a producer who worked with Sky Ferreira and um and Charlie, you can kind of hear that, where it kind of has a bit of like a mix between Charlie XCX and, and Sky Fear. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting because there's, there seems to be a, a big, um, I don't know, like, I mean, Charlie XCX can kind of do no wrong, right? That's what a lot of people have been saying. It is quite interesting to see, like, as soon as she started getting a lot of kind of pushback on this, she spent one evening where she replied to every single comment on like one of these Instagram posts and like defending this band consistently the whole way down the line. It's just a really interesting weird online thing that happened to a band who yeah. like nobody's ever really I heard g- of. I guess my takeaway is it like it seems like a lot of fuss about something that doesn't deserve that much fuss from Completely. first listen because it's just like if she is kind of molding this band, yeah. it sounds like there's still a lot of molding that needs doing because I mean, the vocals in particular, the kind of lead melody just were yeah. doing nothing for me. It was quite empty. The production was beautiful. I kind of like that bass sound, that kind yeah. of The production was kind of like a, thing an older style of pop music that hasn't really been around yeah, for a while. Yeah, so that kind of worked for me uh, aesthetically, but I was just I thought it was fine. It. Yeah, no more, no less. Our last song this week is by Schoolboy Q. Because you know it's summer, yeah, that's bitch You a bitch boy, you're my mama. Uh... Okay, let's get it, bitch, let's get it Got a plan, we gon' kill this man The gun won't jam, it's on on sight I might get life, that's on my life The fofo fight, the gold green light I build that price, I build up nice The guy won't die, okay, let's get it Bitch, let's get it Sweet no flaws in my purest form Bitch, I'm greedy, call your tax Filled with hella cash, get my gimme back Same ass, we don't do no class Nigga, not subtract Shoot off cool, hopping out like Jack in the box Nigga, I'm gon' shoot if this that song is called Num Num Juice. Did you feel numb listening to it, Craig? Hey, I always hey. feel numb, Dave. Uh, <laughs> but this that's why made you're me feel that's why you work, for that's, just under two minutes. That's why you work in advertising. <laughs> exactly. Um, I Yeah, this is a good kind of teaser for stuff that's to come. Schoolboy Q. 
Um, haven't heard a huge amount from him of late. He was on yeah. the Black Panther soundtrack on X, which was great. He took um, he took a big time out. Um, yeah, back when uh, Mac Miller like died, I think, because he was a fairly long time collaborator with him. Yeah, know? yeah. So going through a lot. Um, and this is kind of it's quite aggressive. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to unpack for a sub two minute song. Kind of remind me of Earl Sweatshirt. Smells really yeah. material. In that That's sense. a really dense, good like, comparison. Yeah. yeah, I think. Um, but I think he's great I think he's a really unique voice I like that aggression it doesn't obviously say it's welcome because it's under two minutes so <laughs> I'm excited yeah yeah the change of a flow is really really nice in this yeah. there's one particular change of and I was like that is class that's amazing yeah he's, yeah, he's got like talented. raw innate ability that just comes Absolutely. through Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it was um, for me probably the strongest track this week yeah, yeah I would say and that does it for songs week, but not for the podcast does it Craig does not because we've got an album to review it's part one of two Foles return it's everything not saved will be lost part one this is on the Luna Yeah, so as I said, Foles back with the first of um, two album releases this year. I think the next is set to drop in October. Both recorded at the same time. Yanis um, from the band has talked about how everything was recorded. You know, simultaneously, they didn't realise they had two records until mm. after the fact. Um, it's their fifth studio album. Um, and Foles, as an act, are kind of in an interesting place, I guess, now. Because they started off this as this kind of interesting math rock proposition from... Yeah. Oxford, who came in at the tail end of all that like new indie thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they were taking that math rock thing and making it. They became the math rock band. Really. Yes, very much so. Um, um, then they kind of just continued to excel, I guess. Total yeah, I mean, as the stages big. got bigger, they got bigger with it. And they kind of got it turned into riff monsters and kind mm-hmm. of yeah brought on the heavy rock. And yeah, they've gone into that like stadium arena sized thing now. They're yeah. hugely successful without really having big hits, I guess. So they're in a kind of less position yeah yeah um are they capitalizing on it with this i I think i I quite like this album i think it's a band playing to their strengths like i think that there's those moments i mean i was a huge huge fan of the band when like antidotes came out yeah i remember i was in first year in college and i did a presentation in college on like the importance of a backstory with a band using media or whatever because i remember that one of the big things about folds just before they got signed and everything was there was all these videos of them playing in these house parties in oxford okay yeah, and yeah. like that was the big thing so when they came to dublin and stuff people were like oh my god they're gonna play at a house party and we're gonna get them to go down or whatever and people really tied to them then and then Antidotes was so amazing for me because it was um, these really crystal clear like tones on on guitars, um, playing these like really tight loops. So for me, that was like amazing because I was playing fiddle, like plucked fiddle at the time, and it was like I was like, wow, this like sounds like the stuff that I'm writing at the moment, and it was yeah, like a yeah, massive yeah. inspiration for me at that time. Um, and then as they went on, like I think Spanish Sahara is one of the best tracks in it's years. Fantastic. Like it's it's absolutely incredible. I think you can see elements of each of their 
their arc in this one right like um i really really like the you can hear especially say in in degrees is like really really nice those clear like math rock tones mm -hmm. they still have that and then it's mixed in with these much bigger kind of stadium sounds um edwin congreve is the synthesizer person <laughs> in the band yeah. synth person <laughs> he's made of synths uh but it definitely feels like uh he has a fairly heavy hand on this record there's a lot of kind of synth moments and there's even like there's some very kind of like house dancey music drums and parts again like in degrees and white onions have these very kind of like dance um moments um i think on the luna is probably the best track on the record um syrups is a fine a weird way it's like the fifth track uh and it, it's obviously used as like a kind of a a calm down in for yeah. that section to build back up down the luna i think it fell flat in that point a little bit um and i love that last track um uh, i'm done with the world that's great it's, it's up there with their best work isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like very simple piano um yanis is the vocalist like it's really interesting because when i first listened to it i was like oh he's doing the thing where he's in a big rock band and he just needs the stuff that people shout back but he's actually in the record he actually has a lot of different um roles i guess you know yeah. like he's he's singing in certain parts that are like really really powerful and then he's doing the really proper screaming shout thing that's going to be really really big at the shows um it's a good album i i don't know if it's like like you should you definitely have to listen to this thing but if you're a Foles fan i'd say it's it's pretty on the money i would say yeah it feels weird to say about um an album titled something part mm. one but it feels like a summation as yeah. you're saying of everything they've done before um they lost bassist uh walter gervers who just decided he's gonna you know yeah, raise sorry. a family and get on with normal life um and Yanis was talking about how the rest of the band didn't feel like following him to do some planking um and they got on just fine without him but no hard feelings <laughs> in typical Yanis fas fashion but they have i think dealt with that really well because by yeah. all accounts he was the kind of cool head he was the one that kept them organized um <laughs> There was a danger when this kind of project was announced um, that they could have lost run themselves. But I think actually, having not even heard part two, I think it's a success in that it allows kind of some of the longer passages to breed. I think it's really well sequenced. Yeah. Um, if they've got another batch of songs, I feel like cutting it down. There's so much diversity here that cutting it down could have made for a very convoluted yeah. just choppy also thank fuck they didn't put 20 tracks in a fucking album like oh yeah very much so I thought it was yeah really well paced I think it has some of their finest moments and they yeah. just sound super confident on it and yeah it's a it's a good record I really like the last track the one that you mentioned there yeah, yeah. I'm done with the world and that it's is done such with a me. new track as well like what's that mean I don't know it just <laughs> you just know a Dave Hannity track like everybody knows a Dave Hannity track because well, yeah. I felt some emotion in it <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, look, now that I've got the positives out of the way, uh, I, I will note that this album is absolutely rubbish. And what? Hold on, what? Yeah, rubbish. it's so boring. It's so it's just nothing. There's nothing in this apart from that one track. It's just dull as fuck. Uh, I don't get the Foles thing. I've Have you on. never got the Foles thing? No? Nah, never, no. Hmm, uh, also, that song I mean, we that heard... That kind of proves it then. It's like, it's good for people who will be... That song we heard there yeah. on the Luna, the, the lead-in track, yeah. that's just my number two still ringing. I mean, like, that's like, what is that? Like, like where is there any innovation here? I thought it was really safe. I thought it was really beige. I didn't think it had anything to say. And I found it just a chore to listen to. It's interesting. I really tried. I swear I did. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to like this. I, I thought the atmosphere that was being great was kind of interesting to begin with. And even that song, Exits, that we heard previously, 
I mean, take out the vocals and cut it down and you got something. But generally, this is meandering rubbish. I mean, that's that's a thing, right, as well. It's like, you're right in that they probably don't have that much to fucking say. And like, But like at the end of the day... It's not I the remit of every band, but like that's yeah. fine. But I don't think I'll be going to this record or this band at the moment. I, I couldn't tell you say, anything yeah. about them thematically or their identity. What is it? Well, this is very much their kind of, as everyone is doing at the moment, it's... The end of the world. Yeah. Uh, dealing with on? fucking Hosier, yeah. Um, there's like loads of different people. Who are it's doing like it. the singularity's coming. I think they deal with it better than Hosier in that they're not just like let's just go on a date. Like they're yeah, not doing yeah. some weird I don't know apocalyptic pickup music. Um, it but is yeah, a they don't that's have so tired right yeah, now. They like, don't and they don't have solutions, but they don't even really have insights. Like lyrically, I think that is the weakest aspect because yeah. there is some very kind of on the nose stuff. Oh, barring the, terrible the, Trump barring stuff. the last track, which actually really works for me. I think it's some of his finest writing. And I think that's maybe the problem with this band if you're not in the fan base overall in that they don't really have that singular voice or um, in Yanis. I mean, he, he doesn't have that kind of high tier charismatic frontman thing yeah. where you're kind of you're caught in you're drawn in so if the kind of funk rock with the math rock intricacy stuff doesn't do it for you or the kind of techno influences long right, passages yeah. there's not a lot there for you to grab onto I guess. there's no depth like, that was the problem for me there's no weight there's no depth I felt nothing apart from that last track which I do think is excellent I'd love a full album of that I don't know how realistic that would be but the fact that this is like part one of a second album I'm like I don't know this is like I, I question the ambition, and I think it just like lends itself to arrogance. I, you don't have enough in you. It's it's interesting because like literally, you were kind of saying that you thought it did click. Yeah, yeah. as like a narrative, I, I think it's quite like zippy. There's very little flab on it to my ears, yeah, and it felt well paced. Like it didn't meander t- to me. Now maybe that's just because I'm in tune with what I like about that band, so it works. It has it has a but very like, dynamically a t- a touring band feel as well. Yeah. Where it's like. These are like, you know, you're going to be going to the shows and like really, really enjoying these like fun, like boppy yeah. tracks or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is about Foles. I just never, it just doesn't, I don't understand the devotion. And we know people like friend of the show, Fanula Jones, huge fan. She had her mm. fucking big vinyl with her last night at the, oh, no. at the picnic lunch <laughs> that I safeguarded in my bag for some time. And I was like, don't worry, it's fine. Fanula made a gif for me last night of like her zooming in on her face and saying, it's a buzz. Wow, <laughs> she'll gonna, do that. I'm going to use it for a gig at some point. She'll do that. In fairness, that's pretty good. I don't know. I I wanted to like this. I really, really did. Uh, and I just I I found it really. So do you feel like that probably never work for you as a outfit? Just the yeah, kind of I think so. The plowing is. I think so because even like you know everyone always references Spanish Sahara, and I don't get that song either. Really? Oh, see, there on. you go. There you go. Like I, I don't. And like everyone's like, the, I thought that would be a Dave Murray track. Like, I feel <laughs> maybe I need to go back to it. To me, like, the majesty album, of that it's song. The closest they've gotten to recapturing that magic, yeah, yeah, which yeah. as a fan means fucking a huge amount. Because Spanish Sahara was like this slow build, like it did fucking. It was just like ballsy confidence to be able to hold off on this thing, and then it just moves so beautifully towards the end and everything. So great for a band who were always like fucking 160 BPMs per yeah, minute, yeah, super yeah. super fast. To write a song like that was immense. Like I thought it was great. There's, I find that the great frustration about music criticism is when you have very little to say about something and you're kind of on the fence and you're in the middle. With this one, I'm I'm on the side of the fence that's definitely more coming down on it, but I have nothing to say. And I found myself like all week being like, what am I going to fucking say about this album? I just didn't feel anything. I mean, apart from that one track at the end, which I keep coming back to because I do genuinely think it's an excellent, excellent piece of work. Great bit of business. But <laughs> I mean, nah, it, 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 nah. I'm sorry, Cassius is still their best song. Did you? F- oh, Cassius is their worst song. Balloons is their best song. 
<laughs> Craig gets upset. The Spanish is probably there, but Craig there, gets but upset like, every single time I say that. Like, you just like the smile that spread across your face. <laughs> you, I, I played you like a damn fiddle <laughs> as you slumped into your chair. Uh, four out of ten. I don't know. Uh, I'll double that and add a point five. Eight point five. Christ. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll go for an eight. Yeah, I'll go for eight. Good stuff. Got an energy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> you guys are crazy. This episode of No Encore was engineered by Sonic architect Eve Murray. In the other listening corner, Craig. Um, I've been listening to Charlie Cunningham's new one, which is Sink In. Wasn't too aware of his stuff, but he's um, collaborated with Felix and Hugo White from uh, Maccabees, old mates of foes who've broken up. Um, yeah, and it's just a really good track. It was my favorite one of the week. It's kind of got a weird off-kilter beauty. To I've it. heard it, it and I like it. It's yeah. really good. Uh, I have not been listening to a huge amount of music other than the stuff that we reviewed. Um, I have Moving Furniture, I've been listening <laughs> to uh, Limmy's autobiography. Oh, interesting. On audiobook, which he voices himself, and it is excellent. Okay, really, really good. Imagine. Crazy life. Interesting. I interviewed that guy. Very, very interesting guy. See, there you go. I dropped a name. <laughs> Clang it up. Do it. Clang, 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 clang. I've mentioned them already. I've listened to the Downward Spiral. Uh, I've been listening to Auto Rock by Mogwai a lot on repeat because that song is genuinely fantastic. I went back to an album. Um, do you remember when we, in the Hot Press days, Craig? We used to blare. Stuart Clark was a big fan of a song uh, called uh, Bones by a band called Male Bonding. Yes, it is. Yeah. That song is like six minutes long. It's a rock belter, and to me, it's the it's the sound of a sunny day. Mm. So it is. I've also for the, pr- the sunny Dave for the <laughs> for the purposes of no popcorn too, which is coming your way very very soon. Uh, I went back and I listened to Saint Anger from start to finish, and that is a tough thing to do. The drums, mate. The I drums. love the drums. What? I love they're the drums. Aberration. No, they're the best what thing on it. What are you talking about? I adore the drums. Oh my god, that drum sound is the worst thing on earth. I adore it's the worst it. Thing ever I adore it. I love it. Me and Lars Ulrich. I'm gonna die on that. Gonna die on that hill die together. Playing a bit of tennis, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Right, uh, that's the end of the show. Dahi, our eggs music this week is someone that you know very well. Uh, yeah, um, Anna Malarkey is a, a Galway artist. Um, um, she has been coming up. She did a lot of support slots for me in the last while. Um, uh, she is basically, she does a lot of similar stuff to me where she's using synthesizers, um, but she's also has this amazing, like weird avant-garde voice um, and she performs with like an iPad and just a load of synths. She is absolutely incredible to watch live. Really, really strange, really, really weird and just thinks way, way outside the box. Um, this is her first kind of official single that she's putting out uh, on Strange Brew. Uh, which is uh, my label also um, uh, really really good really really strange track um, when she first sent it to me I couldn't make head nor tail of it and then uh, slowly over the last couple of months has become like crystal clear on what she wants to do and how she does it this track is great and if you get a chance to see her live she's she's really really good nicely done the song is called Sometimes it's also nicely done my name is David William Hanready this has been No Encore there will be No Encore and here is Anna Malarkey with Sometimes
Headstuff Podcast Network. Peacock fuels your true crime obsession with exclusive new originals like John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. He said to me, Clowns can get away with murder. Dr. Death, The Undoctored Story. This guy's dangerous. And Epstein's Shadow, Ghislaine Maxwell. She inherited Jeffrey Epstein's secrets. There was this whole other world going on. Plus, the most bingeable crime series. Buried in the backyard and snapped. And with the Dateline 24-7 channel that's always on. Did you want her dead? You can't not obsess. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.